Welcome to a live preaching message from Lighthouse Chapel International Manhattan, New York. Lighthouse Chapel International Manhattan is the Apache branch of the Lighthouse Chapel International Churches in the United States of America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they might be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. That is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. In other words, when you think in a worldly way, you will die. Hallelujah. If everything, you assign a worldly reason to everything, you will die. Hallelujah. You have to behave like my, my friend who says that all things are spiritual until proven otherwise. Hallelujah. You must have that attitude. Begin to look at things from the spiritual point of view. Hallelujah. If you are somebody who always ascribes physical reasons for things. But, but, but the Bible says if you think that way, you will die. You have to understand that things are spiritual. Hallelujah. And rather, before you begin to give something a physical reason, think about it from the spiritual point of view. Hallelujah. In other words, in other words, all the calamities that Job went through can be explained by physical elements. But if you think about it only from the physical element point of view, it's dangerous. Because we know that behind it there was a spirit. So the rainstorm, the hurricane, everything that we saw in the life of Job, even though you can explain it on the weather station, on the weather channel, hurricane Job coming, behind it there was a spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. So it's, so so, and the word is minded. It means think this way. Are you hearing me? The word, the, the word there is minded. Like, let your mind work this way. That things are spiritual. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, if you, your mind works that way, you will live and you will not die. But if your mind works in the reverse, where everything is carnal, mind, 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 you will die. You will die before your time. Hallelujah. So, that is what it is. Okay. Let me try and see when I can conclude the greatness of David this morning. Amen. Um, the greatness of David. Why was David great? You have the scripture? Why do we say David was great? I've been teaching this for a long, you should know by now. The reason why we say David was great. Why did we say he was great? Huh? Yeah. Hey, you have forgotten Okay, somebody speak out. Why do we say David is great? Give me the verse. It wasn't Samuel. I've been preaching for a long time. You should know this verse by now. Nicola, you should know this verse. I've been preaching for a long time. First Chronicles what? Put it on the screen. This is the reason. This is the reason. Please put it on the screen. 29, 28. You must have a reason for doing this. Why? Your Bible is not frozen. Okay. All right. No. Two, 
9.28. Okay? This is the reason why we say David was great. I mean, anybody whose life can be summarized this way. Melissa, do you agree with me that the person is great? I mean, if at the end of your life, they say, they say that, if we can say that, and Melissa died in a good old age, full of this, riches and honor, and her son, Joseph, or what name do you give to your son? Give me a name for your son so that I can speak it. And her son, Joshua. Very good. And her son, Joshua, reigned in his stead. Would you agree with me that Melissa is then great? Do you understand what I'm saying? So, if David's life is summarized this way, then by all records, he was a great man. Hallelujah. One, he lived long. Two, he was full of days. Full of days means he had energy. He was not bedridden. He was not sick. He was not carried in and out of the hospital. Doctors did not chop his money. May doctors not chop your money. May you not spend your money on hospital bills. Full of days. Energy. Hallelujah. He did it. it means David did not use his 401k to pay for his health care bills. May you not spend your pension to pay your hospital bills. I said, may you not spend your pension to pay your hospital bills. That's how David was. He had riches, honor, and Solomon reigned. Amen. And the the last part is very important. That because to labor, to work and work and and not get anybody to inherit it is a waste of time. Or not, not, not say not get anybody, but get a foolish person. Who will waste everything? Hallelujah. Lady Reverend Adelaide was tells about a story about somebody, the family that they knew. That the man was a very rich man. When he died, he left houses to his children. And one by one, no, to his son. And one by one, the boy drank all the houses. Do you understand how to drink a house? He drank the houses. It's like he, he, was, he, was, he was used to drinking. He used to pay for the alcohol. Then the money ran out. So now he'll go to the drinking man and say, okay, I'll pay with the windows. <laughs> then he will drink the window. Then, no, he started with the, uh, you know, he started with the curtains. Uh, apparently, he will take the curtains from the house, go and give it to the drinking spot, and then drink it. Then the furniture, he will drink it. Then he drank the air conditioner. <laughs> he drank everything. <laughs> he drank everything. Then he, he would take the carpet. He drank the carpet. <laughs> yeah. So it's a blessing to have a son to inherit you. Amen. So we've been talking about so, uh, things in the... Because when you see somebody who is great, you see, if you see somebody who is great, you know, there's, like somebody said, successful people have a way of doing things. And failures also have a way of doing things. Hallelujah. If you see people who have failed, they all seem to have a common trend. And if you see people who have succeeded, they also seem to have a common trend. Amen. So what we are doing is to study the life of David. Some of the things that David did that made him great. Amen. I said amen. 
And I, I spoke to you about a lot of principles. I think the last principle I spoke to you about was the ability to be advised. You remember? You remember that, right? When he told Abigail, blessed be thou advice. Hallelujah. Listen, you cannot be great when you cannot be advised. Hallelujah. The Bible says it is better to be a little child. It is better to be a little child than an old king that cannot be rebuked. Hallelujah. Look, one of, this, like I'm saying, I see, one of the cardinal signs, if you understand the record, one of the cardinal signs that you see among people who don't do well or who fail is that they don't listen to advice. Yeah. They come with a know-it-all attitude. They don't listen. It's, it's, in fact, it's, not, it's not even that they are not intelligent. Some of the people who, who don't do well or who fail are very intelligent. But they are downfall that they don't listen to advice. Yeah. You cannot advise them. That's why the Bible says it is better to be a child who can, than, a, than an old king who cannot be rebuked or advised. I mean, I have known some people who are very brilliant, but they did not do well because they will not listen to advice. Are you hearing me? So it means that the ability to be advised is a great key to become great. Hallelujah. If, you, if, if only you can be advised, you will do well. Hallelujah. Yeah. In any situation. I have seen beautiful girls who are not married because they cannot be advised. Beautiful ladies, but they are still not married because they won't listen to advice. No, they won't listen. Yeah. Nobody can advise them. Yeah. And I've seen nice couples divorce because they won't listen to advice. Yeah. And I've seen students who are brilliant but did not do well because they won't listen to advice. And did not graduate. Because they won't listen to advice. No, seriously. So you found out that, see, if you talk to any great person, you see, most great people, one of the things that you find among them is their ability to listen. Even what, even what you are saying is nonsense, they will always listen. Yeah. They will always listen. Hallelujah. Ask your neighbor, can you be advised? Say, can you be advised? You see, and, 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 I'm saying it, you see, and if you are great and you are intelligent, one of the things that you see is that you, you receive advice from any angle. Yeah. Because some people have this attitude. Who, some people have this attitude. Who are you to advise me? Have you heard that thing before? Who are you? It's like I can take advice from Reverend by you. <laughs> if Reverend says he's our listen by you, who are you to advise me? Indeed. Indeed. Reverend, I can understand by you. Reverend, I can understand I can, he can advise me by you. 
Who are you? Who do you think you are to advise me? Indeed. Physician, heal thyself. <laughs> yeah. You see? But that's where you make the mistake. Because it was a maid who advised Naaman, the great general. Start name Naaman God. Are you hearing me? It means that if you are wise and you are intelligent, even a little child can advise you. A child can tell you something and say, ah! This, this thing that, even though this person is a child, what this person is saying is true. Even though this is a baby, what this person is saying is true. Even though this person is not married, what this person is talking about marriage is true. Don't say that, who are you? If, if you know how to advise marriage, go and marry yourself. No. The person may not be married, but I can tell you something. Like I said, even though the person is not married, what the person is saying is true. Hallelujah. Blessed be the advice. Yeah. Blessed. Yeah. Advice is advisable. You see, so what I'm trying to show that, that, that it, is, it is a character trait that you must develop. The ability to be advised. Yeah. Hallelujah. That's what made David great. Amen. Are you here with me? In fact, still, even, in, in, um, let me continue today. In, the, in, in, in that same light, you see, in that same light, uh, or when I say in that light, I mean, just to continue even in that same way of thinking, one of the reasons why David was also great, okay? Okay, one of the reasons why David was great is the ability to admit your mistakes early. Or the ability to admit mistakes quickly. Hallelujah. I'm preaching. You see, some of us, we will argue until the last point before you say you are wrong. I'm preaching. You understand? I mean, you have a problem admitting your fault. Until until there's no way out. Even that you try to squeeze your way out. Because for you to say I was wrong, never. Hallelujah. Let me show you the, 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 the difference. First Samuel 15, verse 19. First Samuel 15:19. 15. 1 Samuel 15, 19. This is one guy. Wherefore then did thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but did fly upon the spoil, and did evil in the sight of the Lord? Verse 20. And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way which the Lord sent me. And I brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. 21. But the people took of the oxen, sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gagal, the Lord your God in Gagal. And someone said, had the Lord 
as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken the fat of rams. Hmm. Next one. For rebellion, hallelujah, is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness as iniquity and iniquity. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. That, you see, this is it. You all know this story. Saul did wrong. And someone was saying, and he was arguing. Saul said, you did not obey the instructions. Someone, someone said, Saul, you didn't obey. He said, I did. You did not. I did. You did not. I did. You didn't clean your room. I cleaned. You didn't. I cleaned. I should stay there. I did. You didn't turn off the stove. I did. You didn't clean your room. I did. I did. You did not. I did. You did. Yes, I did. No, you did not. Yes, I did. <laughs> I did. Yes, I did. You didn't. I told you to do the homework. Yes, I did. No, you did. Yes, I did. You did not. Yes, I did. Mom, I did. <laughs> I did. Arguing. No, you did not. Yes, I did. I'm preaching to you. No, you did not. Yes, I did. Acute. Now, so, until someone said, What meaneth the bleating of the goats in my ears? Do you understand? It's like the only time you will admit your fault is when they can show you in diagrams. They have to bring a pie chart before. It's like we have to show you a pattern of behavior. PowerPoint. You have to show you PowerPoint by point your behavior before you accept it. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So someone said no. Because of this way of behaving, God has rejected you. That was Saul. But let's look at David. Go to 2 Samuel 12, verse 9. 2 Samuel chapter 12. Let's look at verse 9. Wherefore has thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? And thou hast killed Uriah, the Hittite, with a sword, and hast taken his wife to be thy wife, and hast slain him with a sword of the children of Ammon. You see, this was even a serious crime. The prophet Nathan said, look, why did you do this, David? Why did you do this? You have that, you, David, you, your crime is even bigger. Let's, let's see his, his reaction. Verse 13, go to verse 13. 
down there. This is his reaction. See, the other guy, I did, you did not. I did, you did not. But David, as soon as it was pointed to me, said, I'm sorry. This is David's reaction. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord God. I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. Listen. Even as a parent or a pastor, you are more merciful towards those who admit their mistakes. Upright. Is it people who don't... Is it, it's, it, it, it makes you angry. No matter what somebody has done, once the person says, I'm sorry and admit, even you go down. Go say, look, prior to that, David was about to die. If David had denied it, he would have died. Because his crime was serious. His crime, no, David's crime was serious. I mean, in the, in the court of law, I mean, he was capital murder. You kill somebody's wife. I mean, you kill somebody's husband and take the wife. That is murder, man. That is premeditated. Even the way that you brought the guy you, to the house, gave him alcohol to drink, and he didn't drink, and you sent him to the battlefront, and the wife was... I mean, everything was calculated. So that one, it was murder, first degree murder. Premeditated. By capital punishment. So, his punishment, you see, Saul's punishment, let me tell you something. Saul's punishment was not to die, but to lose the kingship. Because his crime was a minor crime. David's punishment was to die because he was capital. But in the end, because David had that humility of heart, I'm sorry. All that David said was, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. You are more likely to save your marriage by learning to say, I'm sorry. Yeah. You are more likely to save your job at work by saying, I'm sorry. You came in late. No, I did not. You were late. No, I did not. No, I did not. No, I did not. Well, there was a reason. Then they show you the time clock. No, there was a reason. I came in early. It was a parking lot. There was a problem at the parking lot. I was in, a, I was in this place by 8 o'clock. The parking lot had a problem. So everybody got what they parking their car. So it wasn't my fault. It was a parking lot. <laughs> yeah. It's a real one. People argue. Why don't you say, I'm sorry? Hallelujah. The ability to admit your mistakes early. David had no problem at this. I hear with me, church. You will do well. Amen. Yeah. Ma, ma, I'm, ma'am, I'm sorry. And when I say, what, is, he, is he, I'm coming there. There's, there's type of I'm sorry, which means shut up. <laughs> I'm not talking about that, that type of sorry. Because sometimes you say, I'm sorry, just so that the person can stop talking. You see, that's the type of sorry that say, okay, I'm sorry. You don't really mean it. You just want the person to shut up. <laughs> I'm dialing your number. Okay, I'm sorry. 
If you say so, then I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My bad. You see, that one, you are telling the person to shut up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, the ability. You see, these are secrets to do well. Let me tell you something. It is always better to be humble and apologize. You do better. Always. 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 Yeah. Because no matter how angry somebody is at you, the moment you take that, that stand, they even tone down. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is it. The ability to admit your mistakes early. Amen. I said amen. Yeah. That ability. Don't wait. You see, don't wait till there is I mean, literally there's no way of escape before you admit. That is why even when the people are going to court, there's something called plea bargain. Even in a trial, there's something called plea bargain. Whereby the judge will prefer for you to admit your guilt. So that your sentencing is less. And, and, and it's simple. Because you see, when you admit to a guilt before, it means you're not going to wait, wait, waste the cost time. And the resources. Especially, tra- especially traffic offense. Usually when, they say, when you go to court for traffic offense, they, say, they, they ask whether you want, to, you want to admit guilt. Then go and pay the fine. On the ticket. And usually when you admit that, it's less. But you can also say no. If you say no, it means that they are not, the police officer has to come to court. The judge has to come to court. So unless you have a solid case, don't. Because they will always prefer. Look, the judge said they are also tired. They will prefer that you can just admit so that we can close this thing so that everybody can go home. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. It's a good way to it's a, it's a good way to think and behave. Amen. Okay. If I don't know, I can give you two more, but let me give you another one. Another secret of David. Okay, that made him great. It's the principle of being merciful. 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 Second Samuel chapter nine, verse one. Quick one. Second Samuel chapter 9, verse 1. And David said, is there yet, and David said, okay, and David said, is there yet any that is left in the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? You can also call the principle of being kind. You see, one of the things that made David a great person that he was kind. Kindness. Kindness. David, when he became king, when he became great, as he sat on the throne, he remembered his friend Jonathan. Are you hearing me? And he said, Is there anybody left in the house of Saul that I may show him kindness? You see, because 
what David was trying to say, I have been there before. I have been down before. I know how it feels to be down there. Some people, when they are elevated, they forget about everybody. You see, and when you go to the top and you forget, as, as they say, be nice to the people on your way up. Because on your way down, they are the same people you will meet. Yeah. David was kind. David was very kind. He said, oh, I'm a king. I'm living good. But is there anybody? Because I had a friend called Jonathan who was willing to die for me. Is there anybody left in the house of Saul that I may show that person kindness for the sake of my friend Jonathan? <laughs> kindness. Kindness means show, show a little kindness. Kindness means take care of somebody. Some of you, you have not even bought a beggar for somebody before. Not even McDonald's. Ask your neighbor, I have not received even a beggar from you. One beggar, one beggar. <laughs> not even one McDonald's. Kindness! Everything is about me, myself, and I. Everything must go into your pocket. Listen, maybe you can help somebody feast. Maybe there's a cousin, a relative, somebody who is handicapped. That what you call change can change the person's life. But listen, listen, listen. I got my own bills to pay. I got, I got my own bills to pay. You know, I got my own bills. You know, I got my own problems here. You know, no, I got, I got enough on my plate. No, there's not enough on your plate. There is something that can help somebody. Just a little kindness. A little kindness. Hallelujah. David said, ah, Mephibosheth. And David said, he said, and somebody said, oh, there is, Jonathan had a son. His name is Mephibosheth. He is a cripple now. Because during the war, when he was being carried away at the, at the age of five, the nurse was carrying him on, his, on her back, slipped and fell. So at the age of five, Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth, fell down. That's how he became crippled and broke his spinal cord. So now he's a cripple in Lodaba. They have taken him to some village, a village called Lodaba, forgotten. So when you go to the village, you see this cripple walking. Even those who are on two feet are struggling, let alone the one who is crippled. Even those on two feet. Listen, the capital was Jerusalem. Even guys with two feet in Jerusalem are struggling. And then you are not, first of all, you are not in Jerusalem. You are in Lodaba, in the village. And in the village, you are not on two feet. You are crippled. No wheelchair. Zero chance of, zero chance. So, and David said, go and bring him. Go and fetch him. I'm showing the kindness. And David said, bring him. And when he come, I'm not going to put him in the boys' quarters. I'm not going to put him in the, with the maid. Yeah. Yeah. You see, I'm sure true kindness. You see, true kindness, you want to help the person to be like you. 
David said, bring him back. I am not going to put him in the boys' quarters. He said, that, and, and let him come, and he will sit at the table with my sons. I'm saying, how can David was? Because, because I, I'm preaching a very good message. Because one day you will be great. You see, but you see some, of, some of us, you are great, but even when you are helping, you discriminate. Preach a good message to me. David said, no, 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 no. Let him come and sit among my children. So at, at dinner time, at dinner time, when you come to dinner, you will see Absalom. You will see Amnon. You will see Solomon. And you will see Mephibosheth. All sitting at dinner table. Yeah. Yeah. And let me tell you something. It's a very interesting concept. So, when you look, you see, like how we sit at the dining table. So, when you look from the table upwards, they all look the same. It is only when you bend down that you see that somebody else is crippled. But when you look at the top, they are all the same. That is how kind David is. Hallelujah. And by the way, by the way, it is only a wicked person who when you, are, when you come to somebody's house and they are eating, you look at the bottom of the table. Why are you always looking at people below the table? Some people, when they see you at the table, they want to see what is below. Because it pains them that you too, you are sitting at the table. <laughs> Are you hearing me? It pains them that you two are sitting among the sons of David. So they have to find something to say that you are not the same. So they will look down. It's an evil person who looks below the table. People, see, looking below the table is people who try to bring your past. They don't want to accept that now you are great. So they must always go and look and bring your past up. They don't want to admit that you are great. Whereas everybody's acknowledging, oh, you've done well, you've done well, you've done well. They'll say, mm, but you remember? Then they'll look under the table. Tell you, never stop looking under the table. <laughs> no one to accept that the person is great. And so, and so, you'll be surprised in life. Some people are like that. They have a way of referencing you to the, your, your past. Because they don't want to admit that now you two are sitting at table with the sons of Saul. Mr. Atta, you understand what I'm saying to them? So, hey, oh, Mr. Atta is nice, he's great, he's doing well. Then somebody says, who, oh, Mr. Atta? They don't want to look under the table and bring your past. Even though we seem as very honorable and very respectable, somebody will, oh, who? What are you talking about? Mr. Atta, eh, okay, okay, no, he looks very nice. So, but you know, uh, it's not everything that you know. That is under the table. Please shut up. <laughs> Is somebody hearing me? Yeah. Stop looking under the table. Amen. David showed kindness. 
I said, I want to conclude today. And the final thing I want to say about David, okay, that made him great, okay, is the principle of being religious. Actually, you can say yes. David was religious or godly. The principle of being religious or godly. You see, why do I say so? Because David, listen to me carefully, David never did anything major without praying about it. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? David always sought counsel from God. Hallelujah. He was a religious person. There is nothing that David did without praying about it first or without consulting God. Hallelujah. David was the one who said in Psalm 122 verse 1. What did he say? What did David say in Psalm 122 verse 1? I was glad. Psalm 122 verse 1. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. I said amen. Amen. Psalm 84 verse 10. For a day, Psalm 84, for a day in thy court is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorman, a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Hallelujah. Yeah. But, you know, he always consulted God. But I'm telling you something. Do you know how I'm showing you this point? Listen, David was not a priest. David was not a priest. Okay? David was a king. He was a politician. Hmm? His pastor was Pastor Nathan. And it was Samuel first, then Nathan. They were the priests at that time. But, but David, you see, David never did anything without consulting God. Hallelujah. So what, the point I'm trying to share that, yes, you have a pastor, you have a prophet, but you yourself must always pray to God. Amen. David never did anything. He always prayed. Hallelujah. Yeah. Because he understood that except the Lord watch, you watch in vain. Except the Lord build, you build in vain. So he was not willing to take anything on himself without consulting God. Hallelujah. Yeah. He was, relig- he was very religious. If David is going to go to battle, you say, bring that to him. Let me see. If David was going to, he always consulted God. Always. If David was going to write an exam, he will pray. He's going for a job interview, he will pray. He's going for a, 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 a checkup, hospital checkup, he will pray. He will go, anything David was going to do, he will pray because he believed in the power of God. Yeah. 
Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. That was David. That's what made him great. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Yeah. He was religious. He was religious. He made sure that he consulted God on every move of his. Hallelujah. Yeah. He will pray. He will pray. What does God say? What you know? What I'm uh, you see, I'm trying to show us that you see. Sometimes after you have done something over and over again, it becomes routine. And when things become routine, you don't even pray about it anymore. Do you understand? Yeah. You only prayed about it in the first two times that you were doing, but now you have done it over and over again. So it becomes routine. And that's, that's, the, that, that's where the danger is. Because now you stop praying about it. It's all routine. But David was not like that. Every time he, even though he had gone to war, he had killed Goliath, he had fought many giants, any time he was about to go to war, he would pray. One time he prayed, God said, go. Another time he prayed, God said, don't go. He, he didn't assume that because the last time I went and it worked, I'm, I've got the strategies. You don't have the strategies. Always pray. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are we blessed? So can you admit, at least why David was great? Yes. He, he, one, he listened, he was advisable. Two, he admitted his mistakes early. Three, he showed mercy. And four, he was religious. He always asked God what to do. Stand up to your feet and let's close. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I pray. Pray that God will be, yes, you will be like David, oh God. Yes, Lord. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. want to be more like you. Oh, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Jesus, I want to be more like you. want to be more like Jesus. Wanna be a vessel you were through. I wanna be more like you. Jesus, I wanna be more like you.
Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for a time in your presence. Father, like David, we pray, oh God, that we will be advisable. Like David, we pray, oh Lord, that we shall not be stubborn. That we will admit our mistakes. Help us not to fight our faults, but to admit our faults. And Lord, help us to show mercy. May we be merciful. May we be merciful. May we show kindness. And Lord, like Moses said, if your spirit does not go with me, don't send me. May we not take any decision without your guidance. May we not make any plans without consulting you first. Just like Moses, may your spirit accompany us in anything that we do. In the name of Jesus, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Hallelujah. Put your hand together for the Lord. Are you blessed? Wonderful. Hallelujah. Every time we meet in this sanctuary, we have to give an opportunity for people to be saved. So this morning, before I sit down, anybody who is not born again, you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal savior. You are not saved. The Bible says, what shall it profit a man? If you gain the whole world and lose your soul. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, for the next few seconds, you are not born again, please lift up your hand and I'll pray for you. You want to become a Christian. You want to join the Kodesh family. You want to be able to come to the Holy Hill. If you are not saved, I always make sure I'll be happy if everybody is born again. But I always have to give that opportunity because you may never know. Father, we thank you this morning for salvation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Please take your We hope you've been blessed. For copies of this message or other such messages, please write to us at tapes and publications at yahoo.com.